listen and subscribe to The Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. You can know, hear pop. Based on what D'Angelo said, that it's not black culture anymore. Should black folks start gatekeeping hip hop or keep it to where it's open, or anybody can take the art form and interpret it however they want to interpret it with respect to the culture? I would say no, because it hasn't always been a purely black invention. Because there, even in the early days of it, from the if you go even from seventy seven to eighty, it was heavily Latino, heavily you know Asian people had a lot of people into it. So I think the one misconception I would say for hip hop in general and Black people, because this is one of the things I used to come up against when I was working at BET, is I would be with these you know in these meetings with the execs about like the hip hop awards, quote unquote, and I'm over here like, yo, you know, hip hop is a global thing now. It's not like Black people in America identify hip hop mostly with rap. And then there's more, but your average Negro will think, when they think of hip hop, they usually think of rap. And so a lot of times they, a lot of people aren't as exposed to like the contributions of other cultures into rap. And yes, black people are the main part of it that kind of drove it. But like, especially in the early days, Latinos are just as much heavy into it as terms of the con contributions and that. So I, it's really weird to kind of say that it's, a, it's only a black thing. However, with that being said, like you said, you know, there's a now that it's been in the mainstream, it is the mainstream of the last, especially 15 to 20 years, you're starting to see kind of, you know, people, everyone pick it up and running with it, if you want to put it that way, right? Like you go to Asia and there's a whole freaking industry of rap, specifically Asia. And that's like Thailand, Singapore, Vietnam, da, 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 that has nothing to do with black culture, but it's in heavily influenced by black culture. So I don't know. It's kind of hard to kind of say like, how would, and I, I guess the, the the larger question is how would black people quote unquote gatekeep hip hop in general? Because like when I say hip hop, I'm talking about everything. Like rap music is specifically, you know, we dominate in terms of that subgenre, but it's such a global thing. And in, it's interesting because I see more pure um, essence of hip hop in other cultures in terms of how they appreciate it. And in those cultures, they all give back to black culture. They're all, they, none of them are like, oh, this is ours. This is like, yo, this is something that black people created that's amazing that we appreciate and build upon as opposed to, like you said, you know, the culture vultures, which there are there. And I think that the culture vulture part comes more in rap, I believe, or I see it more anyway. So I don't know. I don't know how you would actually gatekeep something, keep something that has now been embraced on a global scale and is done and took it in different ways. Because rap in like the Middle East is a, is a social activist type of thing. And then rap in like, say, South Africa or different parts of Africa has its own little thing. So I don't know. Like, I don't know how we would actually like, how would we gatekeep okay, it at this so, point? Um, you made a comment about, like, I, I, I don't know if you, you said black people didn't invent it. We, we did invent hip hop. The, there was a, a, a dialogue a couple of years ago about did in B-boy cultures specifically, that the Puerto Ricans yep. invent breaking or in hip hop, that aspect of hip hop. No, but they were really right after. Black people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I would say, I wouldn't even say after. I would say in conjunction because I think that's the one part. Like, one of the biggest things I learned in New York was the large, pop, large uh, contribution that the Puerto Ricans did have but to the birds of hip hop invention. and all its so, forms, like, right? Black people started it 
Puerto Ricans and everybody else carry the torch. The same with jazz music. Like, yeah, I mean, to a to an extent, because I, like I said, I'm not, I won't say it definitively. More just because you know the. It was all it was all in tandem, if you want to put it that like very specific thing, like say for Cool Hurricane DJ well, and that aspect. The only reason right, I say this is Jamaica because Wiggles actually right. came out and said what. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and even then, I I laughed because we were I'm, there. We helped define the genre and kept the torch moving. So what I'm saying is not just black people. I'm just saying people. If we're gonna gatekeep percent of the culture, of the, the culture, people will of the culture, have yeah. the the. To say so with people that are like preserving the culture, I guess. But on the flip yeah, side, yeah, yeah, pop is for everybody. I appreciate when I can go to when yep. we went to Japan, right? Personal experience. I saw a cipher. The universal language was hip hop. We were rap. I didn't understand what they were saying. They probably didn't understand what I was saying. But we came together and bonded. I wasn't exactly. trying to correct them. Like you ain't spitting these bars, right? Nah. We just came together because we just would have an mm-hmm. affinity for the culture. And we we were spitting the cipher, yeah, and that's the dope aspect of it to it of it. But there's also points where, like, you know, you got a post Malone saying hip hop is dead. I was like, who are you, fellas? That hip, yeah, and that's the, yeah, that's the silly part, right? Like that's like, yeah, and like a good example, um, someone was saying was um, uh, actually shout out to Richter for saying that. She was like, you know, of the newer more popular rappers that we don't necessarily listen to, there's a good chunk of them that know their shit and know their shit from their history, give back to the, you know, and so he, like, where I was talking about Russ, and, like, I cannot name one Russ song ever, but this dude is mad popular, he got the streams, he's making money, da-da-da, and he has two EPs out this month, one with Ninth Wonder and one with Alchemist, and then I was listening to an interview with him, and he was like, yeah, man, these are fucking dope-ass hip-hop producers that's been doing it forever, and like the respect and all that stuff that he was giving was really dope. And so someone like a logic is in that same part. Mac Miller, you know, rest, rest in peace. He was in that same where like, they're the younger rappers that, you know, either white Latino or white passing that still know their history and is, and are not like you said, culture vulture. They're actually contributing to the culture, making sure they're, they're paying homage to their history and then keeping it moving like that. And I think that's the part where I think is the most important for the younger kids. Cause you know, for all that I said about Mac Miller, Logic, you know, Logic's half white, uh, half black, um, and Russ, you got a lot of the drill rappers or the younger kids that are, you know, or the black kids are, are from the hoods that are, you know, drill is basically their gangster rap. And like, they have no ties to anything like historical. Like they just don't care as much anymore. Don't have that connection of the legacy of like, they're rapping all the, a lot of the kids that rap now, especially the TikTok kids and all them, they're kind of doing it almost like a, like a fun hobby type thing. But then, they're, they only get, only a few subset of them actually get inside the actual culture of shit. A lot of it just kind of do it almost some fly-by-night type shit, which is interesting to see it, but uh, it's, it's also kind of uh, one, but then when none of, some of those young kids do know their shit, it's fucking dope, because they're actually putting the time in, like, yo, I used to listen to XYZ, or another good example is, uh, who is it? Oh, Doja Cat. And they're like, who's your favorite rapper? And she said, Fonte from Little Brother. And then the comments were like, ooh. <laughs> And then she's like, no, no, no. I've been listening to Little Brother since they started out when I was younger. Da, 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 da. And she rapped one of his cool verses. And then, but I was laughing because again, younger, a lot of young rappers that they sometimes they don't even like reference anymore from the old and almost like discount that dumb shit. Like kind of like when Twenty One Savage was saying something fronting about Nas well, or something stupid when like that. You got the new generation. And you ask them who your goat is, they'll probably say maybe Kobe Bryant, but most people say LeBron James or whoever. 
where we're from an era where we were yeah. like, hey, man, yep. there was a guy in, in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, and they, they literally don't, uh, they don't have any concept of yeah. what we experience with Jordan and, and how we define and, greatest of all time. That's yeah, why it's error that whole thing players. is, and it's, is uh, with, yeah, yeah, like, you yeah, know, it's, I don't know if it, it, yeah, it, I, I don't know if it's doing a discredit. Like if you're, especially in hip hop, you're like, like, who's your favorite rapper? Who's your goat? And they'll say blah, blah, blah. And they don't mention like KRS. And, and part of me is like, that's no disrespect because one, those dudes are probably not as relevant. And two, they only know what they know and where they yeah. got their source information. Because for me, when yeah. the music is getting annoying to me, it's, it's because it's passed me by. It was something when my music came out, yeah, and then annoyed the older heads, and I was like, yep. "Well, the culture passed you by, so yep. I have to keep a more of an open mind when the yep. new music comes yep. out, and let these dudes cook, and just, just, you know." So, yeah, it's not that it's it's sub it's subjective, but it's more that it's just again, your time of music, the popular music. It's catered to you in pop culture. It's no, yep. it's no longer catered to you. It's yes. catered to people who were exactly. 10, 20 years younger than you. Yep, so exactly. You just kind of got to move out of that. I think the one thing that connects black people to hip-hop idiosyncratically separates us in that narrative versus all others is the fact that for a long a while in this country, uh, hip-hop was more was marginalized you know you couldn't get yep. people to play it on the radio you couldn't get it and for all of those who at that time the only faces that were mostly involved trying to do that were black people yeah and so that narrative is baked into hip-hop because that is where it began in this country you know yeah. it began and with with that with that story so i think i don't know if we i don't think I agree with you guys. I don't know if there's a gatekeeping at this point because again, we've like all things with time, we've we've grown from that era to a different place now as a community, as individuals. So, you know, we adapt with the time. So, you know, but you can't separate. But I don't think there's a separation of that, and that's why it always still comes back to some, not all, within the various different because we're not all the same various communities that make up the black community at large uh still feel that ownership of hip-hop because yeah. of, of the, the the things that had to be sacrificed in order to get it to where it is now there yeah, was a would, whole struggle and, that and that's what i'm gonna down. say yeah it's the struggle part and i think that's the one thing like even so for it's just in the dance part um yeah the street dance in general you know a lot of it was born out of black struggle along mm -hmm. with everyone else on the top of that. And so it is interesting to see now the kids of all races learning uh, street dance without the context of the struggle. And so they right. dance differently because they didn't, you know, like say we we're talking about, I was just literally was at, I was in uh, Brooklyn at one of the day parties and, you know, it was just a park DJ, people were dancing, having fun. And it was interesting because a lot of those, a lot of the old heads came out and they're like in their sixties, you know, they used to party back in the eighties and all that. So when they have outdoor parties, they come out and dance and stuff and they dance completely different than the younger people because, you know, they were dancing at that time. You know, they had their full time job working at, you know, being a bus driver or whatever, you know, a service worker job. 
And then they would go dance for release to kind of, you know, get away from the troubles or stay out of trouble or those types of things. And so when they tell stories, they're just like, yeah, dance helped me get, get me out of trouble. It got helped me keep my mind right or whatever, whatever. And so like their dance comes from that as opposed to uh, a lot of the younger kids now. They're like, oh, I want to dance because it looks cool or I just got into it or, you know, that. And so they just, there's a different motivation for that. And so the coming to New York, I actually got to see a lot more of the street dance culture from the older heads that are like, you know, 50 and over. And they've been dancing since the 80s. And it's interesting to hear their stories, dance with them, because then it makes me dance differently because I'm, they're coming from a different way, you know? And so, yeah, I think that's, a, you're right. There, there is no real like kind of gatekeeping, but I almost think it's more about the pre- preservation of the history part that I, I think that. Um, I'm starting to see now is like as a lot of these elders in rap and in dance are starting to get up here in age, it's almost like there's no one to preserve that history in terms of just like, you know, whether it's, you know, interviewing them or, you know, bringing, you know, podcasting or whatever it is to hear those stories because once they pass and pretty much gone, you know, and now and it'll feel, it'll, uh, continually dilute and get to that public, like, like D'Angelo was saying, it's like, it's, it's in mainstream now. It's popular. So it's farther away from the original origins of a yeah, struggle. Yeah, you mute. Yeah, I'm mute. You good? Am I, am I yep. back on? Okay. Well, I think that's the big issue is that now everything is diluted in, in the mainstream pop culture, and it is an acceptable form. Or it, it arrived. Yeah. And so now what it originally was defined as as a kind of a uh, vehicle for social issues, social justice. And then, but even during the nineties, it had redefined itself, right? True. You know, True. like, uh, big, uh, big EJs, everybody that emerged in the nineties weren't talking about, you know, um, uh, power to black people or anything like that. They were more talking about themselves and, you know, and things like that. But there, I think there was always, uh, uh, uniqueness and storytelling for a while and then you know the, this era of music has passed me up I accepted that but when I do listen I'm not and this is without judgment it just all sounds the same and I think that's because of again that place that we're in in the where it's in the mainstream and, and also it's a part of that content rush of, of, of artists just, you know, churning out songs to beats without any yeah, kind of it's quantity, quantity that, over quality. A lot of, of our, for a lot of people, uh, not everyone, but there is right. a lot where like the, the, the frequency that these songs come out now. And it's interesting too, cause you know, things are more catered around the single as opposed to the full album. Certain artists still, you know, but you'll see a lot of, a lot of the younger rappers, They'll kind of drop single by single by single over a certain amount of time before they even get to a full album. And sometimes that full album will literally just be because once, you know, you go viral on, you know, TikTok or Instagram, you know, a lot of them weren't even like they were going viral, which is dope. But then they're like, I didn't have an album to like also promote after. They were just throwing one or two songs up on, you know, whatever social platforms and then they hit. So it is interesting, like you said, like, I, I still DJ. I still DJ mostly older music just because that's I can play whatever I want, which is awesome. But I remember I was DJing Thursday and someone asked me for Ice Spice and I was like, nah. And they're like, you're not going to play it? I'm like, nah, I think she's terrible. Wait, hold I don't on. like let playing music. I don't quick. like <laughs> Yeah, hold on. Let me, let me, hey, so let me pause you real quick. Yeah, DJs used to be the gateway <laughs> to hear new music. So 
Mm-hmm. Are you doing a disservice mm-hmm. as a DJ not dropping new stuff? Like when I go, you listen, when we listen to the radio, you always want to hear what was hot and what was new. Yeah. Yep. Consistent. Yep. Like totally what's agree. going on? What's, what's, what's the, the new, yeah. goal with, what's the flavor of the, the month? So when I used to go out, clubs, clubs, I, I would hear the new shit. I'm like, oh, what is this? And I would go look for it. So mm-hmm. are you not dropping the new yep. stuff or are you just consistent and safe? No, I think it's, what it is now, it's it's a, it's twofold. I think the the listener is a, the audience member is a little bit different now. So you have a yeah. an age depending on where you're spending and what the age range is. I would say from the t- mid twenties to early thirties, there's a, almost an expectation that the DJ is like your Spotify. So like that's where you'll see heavier on the requests or like, can you play Bad Bunny? Can you play X Y Z? Um, I found that people that were 35 and older go for what Cam just described. I'm kind of going to just part of it is nostalgia. Part of it is to hear something new because like I do play new stuff actually, but it's very curated of stuff that I like that whether it's a remix or it's a something else that I'm throwing in. But then like, am I playing like drill music when I'm DJing? Probably not because drill's not really a, a public or a like a bar club situation is more, a lot of it doesn't really fit in that genre. Now, Ice Spice actually does. She actually makes drill music that's more for the club and that aspect. And I think Glorilla, um, I forgot the other chick's name, Lotto, sort of. And so, but at the same time, getting back into DJing, I was like, I don't want to play shit that I don't like. <laughs> Let me just stand on that hill. Yeah. And if I don't like it, I just that's just what it is. But then again, I'll play a lot of random stuff and remixes and stuff that people's never heard. And they come up, they're like, yo, what is this? And then that's the part where I give back in terms of like exposing maybe like uh, uh, someone they've never heard before that's a, a good producer or a DJ and a remix that they've made or something like that. And I, in my mind, that's how I look at it as opposed to like, like you're, I definitely am not playing like a Ice Spice just because I, I, I personally don't think she's a good rapper, but I know it's a hot song. So I'm not saying it's not hot. Just that me as a DJ, I don't want to play because this is not my thing. But I make sure that I might not be in those spaces that would want that type of thing. And, you know, it so comes up every once in a while. Like it's, Bad Bunny is actually a great example. Like I'm not the biggest Bad Bunny fan, but he has like four or five albums worth of work, which is crazy. And there's some dope, some dope shit in there. And uh, to that point, you know, Bad Bunny is probably one of the most requested uh, uh, artists for any DJ. And when, when people come up to me and ask me, they're like, yo, can you play Bad Bunny? I'm like, cool, which song? And they're like, uh, the Spanish one? <laughs> and I'm like, you mean all of them? And I'm like, uh, and because people that they don't even know the songs at this point sometimes. So yeah, it's a really yeah. interesting situation these days in terms of music listening and, and audience members, stuff like that. Well, that's the tech as well. I mean, that's the difference, right? And then with the birth of hip hop, social media didn't exist. The internet wasn't where it, where it, where it would be in by the end of the 20th, 20th century going into the 21st. So now we got it. Like you said, you can choose to do that because there's so much and it's all at the fingertips of everybody. Yeah. So now, now they're not that, that changed the culture of going, expecting new to hear new things from DJs. Cause by the time the DJ is, is spinning it, you've already heard it because you know, you spend 20, 15 hours of the day on, you know, social yeah. media. TikTok. So, but, and it was know? funny because when I got when I got back into DJing last year, um, after being away for, I don't know, four or five years, um, I was talking to my DJ friends. I was like, yo, do I need to pay attention to what's like popular on TikTok? And my friend was like, nah, 
three quarters of it is old shit that just got a revival on TikTok. <laughs> and he's like, and then one quarter is like, you know, more the newer rappers. And out of that, like maybe the first 30 seconds is cool, but it's not a full song or it's not a good, like well-constructed actual song. And it was funny because I did that. I went back, I downloaded, I was just curious. I want to see what the, the 100 top TikTok songs are. And sure enough, three quarters of them was shit in the last 20 years that just kind of like, you know, came back, which is kind of awesome, actually. That's That was the other interesting thing I, I started to see is younger people now are exposed to uh, older music because of TikTok. And then it's either their parents or they hear it on TikTok. So they'll know, you know, a, a 19, 20 year old will know Earth, Wind and Fire September because someone did a routine to it on TikTok and it went viral, blah, 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 blah. And they'll name and they'll know it. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Honestly, that's kind of dope. <laughs> Yeah, and I think TV and film is kind of pushing that as well because you look if you look at Guardians of the Galaxy, you know that there's the mixtape and the whole soundtrack is is music. I even picked up on some songs that I had never had heard when I was younger, but never knew the name of them or, or the band or the artist or whatever. And you know, it's so I think it's it is. You're right. Like in TikTok, I'm I'm assuming that's like times oh 20 yeah totally in that regard it's, it's, it, it cracks me up the types of songs that just happen to like go viral again um because of tiktok and whatever dance or whatever and like there's a um but she's a gen xer she's probably like probably like a year older than me she's like 44 a white lady from st louis or something and like she's funny she's super she was she was definitely that white girl in the 90s she listened to mc hammer she listened to nwa tribe all that kind of stuff but she used to be a dancer and, and she was a cheerleader and she dances like a cheerleader. And so she went viral off of, uh, I think it was vanilla. It was, yeah, it was, it was, uh, no, it was the MC hammer and it was, uh, can't touch this. And a bunch of millennial or it's not even millennials. Gen Z did like a shitty routine <laughs> to like, uh, to MC hammers can't touch this. And you can see her. And so her viral video was like pissed. Cause she was like, look, first of all, you shouldn't do anything with MC. You know what? And then, so she did this whole thing. She got the hammer pants on. And then she literally broke down like Hammer's routine from that. And it, it, it's it's all funny. It's all really well in natured. And then and over that, she actually does it well. And so her whole like stick is that like I'm a Generation X mom with watch experiencing what's going on. And some of you people are fucking horrible at it. And so like, you know, one one viral video that she did, too, was like it was like a I don't know, millennial was talking about how um, how come we don't talk about Generation X people like that? And then she comes in, she stitches in. She's like, look. We had fucking layaway, latchkey. <laughs> we were left by ourselves. So we, we had to do she, all that's that lady when she <laughs> said at the end we will fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That one. <laughs> and it was like, he's like, he's like, that's we grew true. up in a different era. We're like, we would go outside for like eight hours and we would not talk to our parents. <laughs> Man. <laughs> like and, and then millennials got traumatized <laughs> by by September eleventh. And everything yep, else that exactly. happened. So she was like, Yeah, we don't give a fuck. Like, like you're talking, you're already over here having fake anxiety. We had to do we had I'm a, I was by myself for like 12 hours a day. I didn't you know, know who my therapist was, was Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, is right is funny and wrong at the same time. <laughs> but I mean, it is what it is. But like, yeah, but I but I think that's you're right, the generational thing. And it's also too, you know, uh embracing that aspect of it and then exposing people to different things right like you know someone might expose like again as a dj i can you know 
bring back something that I liked and then that is dope. And then someone kind of like, oh man, I remember I saw another post where someone was like, yo, it would have been crazy to grow up in, in this era of R&B. And it was like, Carl Thomas, Music Soul Child, Wele. <laughs> hey, Craig hey, David. Oh, look, look to their credit, oh, that was good music. But there was no, 100%. Way but but yeah. the way they talked about it, yeah, but the way they talked about yeah. it was like us talking about, man, it would have been dope to been around during James Brown and freaking like, and yeah. that's what made me yeah. like pause. And I was like, I play half this stuff on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's funny, you know, it, it, it is a funny thing when you think about it. And that's how I think, going back to the original question that you have to look at is that what's the error, what's the generation, and what is, what is the generation, um, uh, what's the zeitgeist, right? Like, what's the spirit of the time? Yeah, and I think it's also, it's less about gatekeeping more as uh, exposing, teaching, and sharing. And I, I think that's the one of the things I've been getting yeah. better about too, is it's like, instead of being hypercritical, kind of like what Cam was saying about not being judgmental, but like now, like, a, like for me, I'll just ask questions to kind of gauge where they're like, I went to the, um, they did a, uh, a hip hop photography exhibit uh, recently that just closed, I think today actually, but it was open for a while. And um, it was 50 years of basically rap uh, photography. So they started in 77, they went all the way up and then they broke it down from like the 80s and they had a separate section for uh, the Bay, for West Coast and then also had the Bay section that the East Coast situation. And it was all the photos that we've seen on uh, magazine covers, album covers, you know, photo, um, like articles and stuff like that. And it was really, really, really dope. And I went with a bunch of kids that were like younger than me. And it was interesting to hear which pictures resonated with them. Or like what they thought about it. Cause I had to rail, I was like trying to figure out what era they were in. Cause I knew they were younger than me, but I just didn't know which one. And then when I started to see it, then mm-hmm. it was like, oh, okay. And then I then I said I was punching with things that I knew. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this. This is when Biggie and Tupac were rapping in New York and da 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 da. And like, you know, they had the, you know, the source is big. So we used to always look at the source. That's where we saw a lot of these photos. Like, you know, for us, the 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 liner notes is where you would see most of these photos or the covers, and then you would see it in magazines, double yeah. XL source. Yeah, like that. I was like, that's why I've seen most of this photography, not all of it, but a lot of it was like, and it was dope to see a lot of the candid. There was a dope candid of uh, Most and uh, Talib Kweli circa uh, Black Star um, album uh, between Black Star and um, and Lyricist Lounge. And it was just in them in a a diner. And so it was like little pieces like that where, and then that's what they were saying. They're like, yeah, I would have been dope to grow up in that era to be, you know, like, yeah, when Lyricist Lounge came out and we're on the West Coast, we're like, yo, what the hell? This is dope. I, there's this lounge album that I learned about so many different East Coast rappers that I had never heard of before at that time. And so, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to hear their kind of take and now being less judgmental and more just asking questions and kind of like answering stuff too. If they, if they are like, oh, you know, what about this person or that? Or like certain in, uh, certain eras that happened during uh, that time period. Yeah, I mean, just think about how different everything is. There was an era, a long era where music video programming was like a big deal. Like it was like, you know, like in, in creating music, I was talking to someone about remembering how there was that strong marriage between Hollywood and the music industry where the big budget films yep. would always have, uh, at least two or three singles from an album that would get a full video complete with the actors from the movie and, uh, the, 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 
artist, whoever was saying, like, it would be a full fledged production, yep. like, and, and it would release at the same time as the yep. movie. And that whole era, like, then that, that was a thing for a while, and then it just stopped. Yeah. And then, and now, <laughs> uh, that was so limb. I was like, you know, uh, oh, I, I remember this when I was at uh, Marvel and Black Panther came out, and then the Black Panther soundtrack came out. And one of the guys I was working with, he was like, yo, this is dope, dude. Like, movie comes out, and then you have a soundtrack that's like all like new music from different artists, da 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 da. And so I was explaining to him, I was like, yeah, in the 90s, 2000 era, every quote unquote hood or black movie had a soundtrack that sometimes was better than the movie. <laughs> and then the, rec- yeah, and the record labels would throw new artists on there to like break them first on that soundtrack, and then they would come off and da 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 da. And so I was like, yo, like high school high soundtrack, uh, the Have Plenty soundtrack. Remember, <laughs> uh, remember some music videos would be literally the rapper or the artist rapping against the backdrop of the of scenes yep. from the movie. I, re- I remember, uh, was that Gangsta's Paradise from oh, Bangers yeah. Mind? It was, just, it was in that, in that, in that thing, <laughs> She was. That's she was funny. in the video. Michelle Pfeiffer in the Gangsta Paradise video. Leather jacket from the movie and That's all. hilarious. Yeah. And then Prince with Batman. I think that was one of the early kind of like where Mainstream that thing, like really crossover. Yeah, where that mm-hmm. Cause Prince was all over like he every part of that movie, every song you heard in that movie yeah, was Prince. Yeah, yeah. He did, that the, wasn't he did like, the score or he like like collaborated on the score. Uh he did the soundtrack. Danny Elfman did the mm-hmm. score. So like all the original songs were Prince, but the the sweets were Danny Elfman. So that uh, you know the opening score, the Batman suite, all that stuff is was Danny Elfman. Crazy, yeah, yeah. No, you're right though. Like music was such a heavy. Like you're right. Every blockbuster has one had one song. Like you know, who was it Armageddon and Aerosmith and <laughs> yeah. No, oh, like, oh, remember Celine Dion and the, Titanic. The, Oh, that was probably one of the most popular ones, Celine Dion and yep. Titanic. And then you had um, even the bad movie. Remember Gotham City? Oh, uh, R. Kelly? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> R. Kelly. <laughs> no, R. Kelly did a couple because he did. I believe Like a Fly uh, was on had, uh, Space Jam. I believe Space Jam. Like a, uh, Street Fighter. Jam. Yep. He went all around the yep. planet pitching and oh. no one hit it. I'm the first bottom of them all. So fierce. So, no, so come and get it or whatever. I used to love that soundtrack. He, yeah, Golden State Warriors, dude. The Street Fighter yeah, soundtrack. That's probably yeah. my favorite rap right. trick uh, soundtrack. And then it had the random Deion yeah. Sanders MC Harrisaw. Must yeah. be the Street Fighter. Oh, yeah. As much as it was a bad movie, <laughs> was like a terrible. I mean, it was a dope soundtrack for me. Uh, the best hip hop soundtrack to a uh, film or documentary was Soul and Hole. That was like that for me. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That's you're right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a dope New one. Jersey Drive was New Jersey awesome. Drive is also I, another I, one. That was movie. The movie wasn't great, Drive, but I the movie was great. Again. But the soundtrack was good. There was, mm, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Right. Well, that was uh, I like New Jersey Drive. Is, I throw it in there with that. It was a big part of my actual grad research. But it's in that era of like the gangster film and the 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 black hood oh, film yeah, or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of those at that time. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, that era I was gonna say. Oh, I was gonna say. Seal yeah, just from Rose. Though, I, I, um, no, I, it was the first. The first. First Batman. Yeah, that was uh, Batman, Batman Forever. Forever. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Man. 
And then wait, Seal did fly like an eagle. That wait, was fly like uh, eagle to Steve that was space. See, they, 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 fly that was like an eagle. That no, no, yeah, yeah, the Steve, yep. yeah, 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 that one, yep. yeah, yeah. He did that cover that. for uh, Space yep. Jam. Yep. That's right. I space Jam had a couple of stars from Space Jam's with uh, yeah, Be they, Real and Method Man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hit him. So I, hit I was him, looking I this up, him. and then um, you can't really find uh, movie soundtracks on uh, streaming services. Like, there's a few, but as the whole, as the compilation, you have to kind of like piece. Yeah. I've seen people piece it together, but I haven't seen. And put playlists yeah, I've seen, I've seen people yeah. like, "Hey, this was the high school high playlist," and they'll they'll pick the songs yeah. and piece it. But I didn't see like re-releases of it, so it's almost like you got to go find right. those physical CDs. To like that would be actually yeah, a good like well, like almost like a nostalgia thing of just getting physical CDs of soundtracks. I I, I would you know that would be fun. You remember because I I recently looked for uh, remember Diddy had that song on the Come with Me from uh, the '98 Godzilla oh, movie with Matthew Broderick. Right. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, and and uh man, man there was, was so uh, many what was Wu high school high you can high school high, high? high actually on uh streaming services yeah that's but yeah it is interesting to see like those types of things where i'm like uh yeah pretty much you know it's like it was just a fun thing like yeah the, the sound you were more excited for the soundtrack than you were for like i remember above the rim was a straight west coast yeah ah, there you go. yeah high school high yeah, the above the rim was a straight West Coast like soundtrack, and it was just like a, basically yeah. all it was like a Death West Row Coast soundtrack, but it was affiliate. like an East Coast cool movie. Yeah, exactly. That's what's so yeah, weird about yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's that was weird about it. Yeah, man, it's so there was so many during that time. Did you got? Did you see? Uh, remember what was that movie? Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker was in it with uh, not Sarah Jessica Parker, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, oh, uh, I know what you did no, last summer. No, no, I'm thinking of something else. No, 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 no. Oh yeah. Um, oh, cruel intention. Oh, that was a good sound. And, and, yeah. And that one had that one song that ended up being like real yeah. popular. It was a bittersweet symphony. Yeah, the one that they played. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like that was that was an era, man. Like where you had yeah. the movie and then the music that went with it. And and both of them stood on their own because you you remember whenever I the hear verb. that song, the verb I instantly the think artist, of that yeah. whatever instantly yeah, think of that movie. Yeah, the verb. Yeah, the verb. I mean, yes, it's the same, yes, with, it's the same with Gangsters Paradise and uh, Dangerous Mind. Yeah, like and Dangerous I remember when I watched Dangerous Mind, they literally used that song like six times in the movie. <laughs> oh, dude, it was all over the movie. I and but that's how it was though. They they would do often it, at least one time. The song, one of the songs would would Dude, be uh, in the in the film. Yeah. Dude, I'm looking at and the like, Dangerous Mind he- soundtrack and it's film. heavily got like Joe no, it's like Joe's like all West Coast, right? It's like Devontae got a song. Uh, uh no. it nice. was a weird like yeah, there were like three songs by Josie, Aaron Hall, ne- Julio, Immature Immature, Rabbit Fote got one, Wendy and Lisa's got a, a track, Big Mike and Sister got Yeah, it was yeah. like, uh, it was, yeah, that was a weird soundtrack. Yeah, I think Nutty Professor was one, another one of my favorites because that was the first one you saw. You heard uh, Aaliyah, uh, Aaliyah with Timbaland and crew. So it was like, it was like the, oh, the biggest yeah, or whatever. Right. It was like Missy, Genuine, Playa was on the on the yeah. background vocals. 
Um, but yeah, Nutty Professor, that that's another one that was like a good like thing. Um all of Eddie Murphy's movies Boomerang. had like crazy soundtracks. Remember Dr. Ooh. Doom? Eddie to tell too. Well, that's not Eddie, but still. It was in the yep. line of that boomerang, uh, but it had a good yep, soundtrack. Best Man too, as well. See, now, you know what? I might actually do this. I might have to start okay. doing the style so of the CD run of just like Babyface. Just like put him in. Then the second track, the, the artist is unknown. I got to listen to it. Keith Washington, PM Dawn, I Died Without You, Grace Jones, Boys to Men. Oh, that was a great scene, Faith too. Cartel, Tony Braxton, Johnny Gill, Shanice, another unknown, and a Tribe Cost Quest with High Sex on the Plow. Yeah. What's that? Oh, bye. Can you imagine it would be a big deal for a movie today to bring that many disparate artists together that are all like doing their thing separately at the same and they time? Going, like every artist you just named were I like think Black had Panther had an opportunity, but it was terrible. And yeah. Well, it was all Kendrick yeah, Lamar. Uh, yeah. right? It was the closest to, yeah. honestly, that's the closest that you're going to get in the modern era, I would say, in the last 10 years. Like, yeah. I remember when Life came out, and then the whole thing was written by R. Kelly, um, or, like, executive produced by R. Kelly. I think he wrote, like, a big majority no, of the but, songs but in there. He, no, no, no. So, so Life has... With, with the Life... With, uh, it's, yeah, it's got DJ Quake, Destiny's Maxwell Child, Maxwell, Sparkle, Talent, Kelly Price, Brian McKnight, Maya, City High, Khadijah, the Isley Brothers, yeah, Casey and JoJo, and White City Ooh, High. Khadijah. That's who, that's who, because they did the yeah. song, the Life song, yep. the song called yep. Life. And well, what uh, did you City do? High. That, that was the track. <laughs> and you know what? They had... Joe, that's oh, yeah. They had a two-year run, and then, and then it was like, the, no more, they went to no the, more the, City the High. Shadow they went to the Yeah, they got... They were... They, they definitely they were went to the, the Shadow got, you know, they're, They were messing with the same girl, and they couldn't figure that shit oh. out. <laughs> internal Man, strike. Well, high school, internal strike. Yeah, High School High, real yeah, quick. You're right. They had pretty much two songs by Wu with... Uh, Method Man and Cabadonna, and then he had semi-automatic rap fanatic with Inspector Deck and you got uh they had Tribe Call Quest, the Braxton, Scarface, and Face Mob, Large uh Large Professor and Pete Rock, Quad City DJs, Artifacts, De La Soul, Jodeci, Changing Faces, Faith Evans, D'Angelo and Erica Badu, Karis One, Little Kim and Junior Mafia, Oof. Real Live, Spice One, E40 and the Click, The Braids, Sadat X and Grand Pool with the Roots. Uh, hey, man, those two right there. Over <laughs> the hole and this track, this, this soundtrack. <laughs> but he, he, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. I'm done. I'm done. Oh my bad, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was gonna say, even some of the not so good movies had like great soundtracks. Like <laughs> I'm looking oh, at let me check it. yeah, one, yeah, let me check it. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, might be stuck. <laughs> they had SWV and Missy Elliott, Can We, Joe, R. Kelly, Johnny Gill, and Coco. A one accord, silk, Gerald Avert, squirrel, backstreet boys, too short and look, look Kim, be legit and E forty, D shot E forty and look. Yeah, look, is that look? Le- yeah, Levetti from that's you know, bad. Yeah, no, I was gonna say the other one, KRS one, LA gang, LA gas, Whitey Don and Crooked. Yep, a sixteen track. Uh, soundtrack released February twenty fifth, nineteen ninety Yep, I was gonna say the same thing with um. I was gonna say the same thing with the uh, sprung, like that movie was like a kind of like an indie whatever. But then the soundtrack had Quincy Jones, Tisha Campbell had their own track on there. Uh, Jay Z's <laughs> Who You With that was on there. Keystone, Cannabis, and Lost Boys. Was it John Farte, Aaliyah, One of the Million remix? 
Mr. Dalvin, E40, Money Boss Players. Dude, what? We, you know what? Brand you can, and, um, there you have yeah. Will Smith movies where he did all those. Long. Yeah. <laughs> I actually just rewatched uh, Men in Black 2 for Rosario Dawson only. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we could go through all this all the time. This is a B sides kind of blurred lines thing, just going off on tangents and stuff call like this that. Episode, but, the um, episode about nothing. This is our Seinfeld episode. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Bring, bring, bring. Um, but yeah, we be back. We got we got a bunch of stuff, stuff that we've been watching and also uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and a couple other things. So. Um, yeah, man. We'll talk to you guys later and peace.